When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Oh, yeah. Thursday, September 9. The Cowboys. Visiting Tampa Bay to take on the Buccaneers, the defending champions. Last season ended in Tampa Bay. The new season begins. Fire the ship. Throw a football into the cannon. Fire the cannon. Let's go. Fire. (laughs) Oh, man. I'll tell you, that Sunday Night Football song, I think I've told you guys this before, but I get songs that just, I'm, I'm, I'm a musical guy. Grew up with music, musical family, played jazz music as a, teenager and whatever so i always just have songs in my head the song that's in my head the most if there's a pie chart of like the songs that (laughs) pop into my head the most and there's a lot of them the sunday night football theme the mvc sunday night football theme is in my head more than any other song year round just like timpanies just do you really have that one dead serious honest to god i get ode to joy a lot just going through serious? my head. It just goes through my head. I get a lot of ode to joy for me. I can't tell you how many times I will just be in my apartment alone, yeah. and then just the DX is a do 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 just all, all the time. And mostly that part. I was like walking to the fridge, grabbing this. All the time. I love it. The trumpet. Schedule is out. The, the schedule, schedule is out now. We can play some football now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Welcome into Purple song. Daily. It is a Presented by song. TCL. Enjoy more of what you love with TCL. Mackie Judd, executive producer Declan. This is Daily Vikings Entertainment here on Purple Daily. If you're just discovering our show for the first time, thank you. Go tell five friends that we are your Vikings therapists as needed. <laughs> and um, you can always find us. On multiple channels, scornorth.com and the Scornorth app are the best places to find everything we do, whether it's Purple Daily, Mackie and Judd, The Scoop with Doogie, Roycey Unchained, you name it. Uh, and then our two YouTube channels, Scornorth MN and Purple Daily Podcast. Click subscribe, click like on the videos, and uh, we'll deliver you daily Minnesota sports content. So, boys, the schedule came out. We had a great time dissecting and picking the schedule as it came out last night. We all had them on 11 wins. 11 and 6 after going through. Uh, first part of the schedule, a little easier on paper, but we have five questions that we're going to answer here about the Vikings schedule that just came out. And let's start with some research and some uh, compartmentalizing that Judd has done. 
Question number one. How hard is the Vikings' slate of opposing quarterbacks? And I will set it up this way. This is this is one of my personal favorite ways to just sort of contextualize the schedule because the quarterback is the most influential player in maybe all of professional sports, right? He's dictating the action. Uh, the best quarterbacks usually are going to win more games than the worst. Like, that's oversimplifying football. But the Vikings' losses last year, if you boil it down to opposing quarterbacks, their losses last year came against Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Phillip Rivers, Ryan Tannehill, Russell Wilson, Matt Ryan, also throw in an Andy Dalton and a Mitch Trubisky. Mm -hmm. Their wins came against Teddy Bridgewater, Mike Glennon, Nick Foles. They also beat uh, Matt Stafford, Deshaun Watson, and Rodgers. So they had had a little bit of a mixed bag. But, like, who are the quarterbacks they're facing? Judd has them in tears, I believe. So how hard is the opposing quarterback slate? Not as hard as the, the one that you just went through, in my opinion, from 2019. And, yes, I did go decks and write them all down by hand last night on my notepad. I know you especially enjoy old people I, jokes I like that. I did it yesterday because my computers were oh, incapacitated. No, so I, I, had a, I, was like, I was using a chicken scratch and using my Edi- excuse me, St. Paul Central yeah, Edina High School. High School, you cake eater. God, that just really keeps me up at night. So anyway, pen to paper, I went with three tiers of quarterbacks that the Vikings will face or could face in 2021. The elite tier, which is the star, the creme de la creme, as they say. Okay. The next tier, I, I'm calling it. So these are guys who aren't elite, but they're very good. They could cause you problems. And then the final tier, very simply t- entitled, doesn't scare you tier. Okay? So Love like it. you game plan for them, but you're not really scared. The elite tier, gentlemen, in my opinion, only has two names. Russell Wilson, home opener week three. Lamar Jackson, at Baltimore, Week 9. Wow. So last year, by comparison, elite tier, my opinion anyways, Rodgers, Brady, Breeze, Wilson, uh, and then Rodgers, Rodgers again, yeah. and probably Deshaun Watson. Yep. So and I, you know, and, that's to be six. And I'm, and I'm going until we see otherwise with the theory that Jordan Love will be the, the Packers' QB in 2021. So I'm going with that until we're proven, until he says, I'm coming back, I am going with Jordan Love is the Packers starter. So the elite tier has two names. That's it. And by the way, got to admit, in a sick way, I'm curious to see what Zim would will do against Jackson in Baltimore. Because that's the type of guy he will game plan for a lot. And, and I'm not quite sure that he won't give him problems. All right. Yeah. Uh, I'm the only the only beef I will pick is I think Justin Herbert might emerge into that category, and I think Kyler Murray is knocking on the door. I agree of that category, but they're not there yet. Exactly. So we they have to take a step forward, but that step is sort of there for the taking for those guys. So we'll see if it changes. All right. So next tier has one, two, has five names. Okay. I'm going to put next tier. And this might be wrong. This this might be an ultimately, given the circumstances, uh, doesn't really scare you, guy. But I'm not going to I'm not going to condescend to him that much. Joe Burrow. So I'm putting Joe Burrow in the next tier, but he's coming off a knee injury. He's only in his second year. I might be stretching on that. Um, so I'm putting Joe Burrow out of respect for how he played before he got hurt in Week 11 in the next tier. But I'm not sure I'm right there. I think by the end of the season, and I had my quarterback rankings earlier this week on Monday in our in our pecking order, I had Joe Burrow 10th. 
And, and it was me projecting the 2021 season. I think by the end of the season, he's going to be a borderline top 10 quarterback. Week one, everything you just said, week one, coming out of the gate, coming back from that injury, the team hasn't gelled yet, right? They've got rookies they have to work in. That's probably the best place to have Joe Burrow on your schedule. If it was week 12 and yes. he's had a, you know three months to figure it out, I don't know if I'd want to face him. So, yeah, okay. Next tier, week two, Cardinals. Kyler Murray, who I'm I'm with you, Phil. By the end of 2021, he might belong in the elite tier, but for now I can't go I can't go elite. So I'm going next tier for him, Dak Prescott in week eight, who I think is very much in that next tier. Like I don't think he's elite. I think he's good. Um Herbert in week ten, also in the next tier. And then the last guy, week sixteen against the Rams. I'm going to give Matthew Stafford the respect of being in the next tier. I think in an offense that yeah. good, possibly. He's a good QB. And he was stuck with a terrible team and a joke of a franchise. So, Burrow, Murray, Prescott, Herbert, and Stafford, all to me, are in that next tier of good, but I wouldn't consider them great quarterbacks. So, Okay, so in your in your next tier is like just garbage guys that Doesn't don't scare, scare you. Basically. Yeah, no, but not garbage. Not garbage they guys, but just, they just don't really scare you. Like you're, you they're don't probably say, not going to be the one that daggers you for three hundred twenty yards and four touchdowns. Yeah, and you feel that if you if you game plan correctly for my third group, I think you can beat them. Yeah, like okay. Russell Wilson, you can game plan for really well mm-hmm. and still lose. Like he's going to come down like he did last year and beat you. So so. All right, so what's that? Go ahead. Okay. Go through that list. Okay, doesn't scare you, Tier. Baker Mayfield in week four. He doesn't scare me. Like, he, he's okay, but he doesn't scare me. Jared Goff. Jared Goff with the Rams, which, by the way, a much better and sounder franchise and offense and coach than Detroit, where he is now. You're going to play Goff in weeks five and 13. He does not scare me. Sam Darnold, week six. <laughs> Does not scare me. Like, I don't know. He might get to the Panthers and be great. But right now, if I have to game plan for Sam Darnold, I feel pretty damn confident. Jordan Love, potentially weeks 11 and 17 in playing the Packers, is going to be overwhelmed. Okay? Doesn't scare you. Um, The Bears, I'm going to, or I'm, I'm sorry, San Francisco first. I'm going to combine Trey Lance and Garoppolo in week 12. Now, San Francisco actually does scare me as a team. I think that they're going to bounce back and be really good. But potentially rookie quarterback or Jimmy Garoppolo, yeah. I think my defense can stop them. Interesting, yeah. And then my last two, Big Ben, he's 39. He does not scare me. Like, I respect him. La- later in the season, too, his, his arm gets more dead. Yeah, yeah he's, and, he's then, and then my last one in weeks 15 and 18 a possible combination of Dalton and Fields. And my guess by that point is you're going to get Fields starting twice, and he might be really good eventually. But I think to expect him to step in as a rookie with the Bears and be super successful is a reach. So in my doesn't scare you, Baker Mayfield, Jared Goff, Sam Darnold, Jordan Love, Trey Lance, and Jimmy G combination of those two, Big Ben, and a combination of Dalton and Fields. That's a lot of quarterbacks who don't scare me. Yeah, so I've I've actually simplified. I won't go through like you know. I'll just give you just a quick rundown. I've simplified the quarterbacks into two categories: guys that I think could be a like could take over a game and be a problem, uh-huh. 
and just sort of rise up above and just dominate the game. And of the 17 games on the schedule, I only count six. So these are like you had them in elite and then good. I'm saying guys who if they have if they're capable of just taking over a game. Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, Matthew Stafford with that new system. Matthew Stafford with Sean McVay, I'm putting in that category. Mm-hmm. Everybody else, so that's that's six. So all the eleven other games are guys in the other category, which like they're not garbage necessarily, but I think Mike Zimmer could fluster the hell out of these quarterbacks. He could fluster some of the other ones too. I'm saying like there's a better chance Zimmer flusters these guys. Yes. Joe Burrow week one, Baker Mayfield, Jared Goff times two, Sam Darnold, Jordan Love times two, Jimmy G, old big Ben, Justin Fields times two. Like so yeah, on paper the opposing quarterbacks look a lot less daunting this year compared to last year. Mm-hmm. And that's even more reason why the Vikings could win more games. All right. Uh let's go question number two here. Five questions about the Vikings schedule. We'll start with Declan. If Rodgers isn't back with the Packers, how big of a disappointment would it be if the Vikings don't win the NFC North? Is there any justification for not winning the North if Rodgers isn't playing? Big time. This division is yours. I, I, if Rodgers is gone, this division is absolutely yours. The Bears still have a good defense. I envision Justin Fields actually having a pretty nice season for the Bears. I think he should start week one. I can see the buffoons and Matt Nagy and company um, going with Andy Dalton to start the year. But I think Justin Fields is going to be a pretty special player. That being said, the Vikings are a more put-together team than them, and they're more ready to win now than Chicago. At least that's how I look at it after the draft so far. So if you, anything short of a division title, if Aaron Rodgers indeed off this roster, is a humongous disappointment. Heads roll, basically, if you don't win the division. That's where I would be at. What Declan said, 1,000%. Yeah, that's exactly... Oh, that's wow. exa- that yeah, no, that's exactly... Look, I, I think the Bears might, if if... Rodgers is not back in Green Bay. I think the Bears might challenge you because the Bears pop up sometimes and like they'll have a really good defense. And Yeah, they're, they're competitive. But yeah. with what you have done with the expectation, and again, I'll go with one very simple premise. You should have, if Aaron Rodgers is not a Packer, the best quarterback in the division. Like, I don't think there should be a big debate. Now, now in a year, it might be. Justin Fields might be great. I have no clue. But, gentlemen, if your opening day quarterbacks are Jordan Love, Jared Goff, and Andy Dalton, and Kirk Cousins, you're paying Kirk to be the best QB in the league. And there's no questions about that. Like, I don't think there's a debate. I think that it is clear-cut. And if you have the best quarterback, really, to start by far in the division, there is no excuse for you not to win that division and be a very good team. I would even go, so I agree with everything you guys just said, and I would maybe even go a step further, that even if Rodgers comes back, the chemistry is going to be weird. Mm. He'll, I think he'll be able to still put up numbers and whatnot, but it'll be a weird vibe over there. So even if he comes back, I think the Vikings should still be the favorites because it, still, it feels kind of like an implosion waiting to happen. So just based on everything that's now out there publicly, it doesn't feel like the Packers can gel everything together in 2021 and do what they have to do over the course of of four and a half months of a regular season. All right, question number three off the Vikings schedule is presented by our friends, boys, right here at PXG Minneapolis. And yeah, it is it is Packers colors here. So I you going hunting? Listen, love love me some You're PXG, going to the woods in but Seattle? I mean, Later? I've got like a Bre- I've got like a Brett Favre themed thing here. Might have to see if they've got some purple in the mix that I can nab. But listen, if you're looking to up your golf game. 
These Gen 4 clubs are in the house at PXG Minneapolis. Best clubs PXG has ever made. Go check them out and see if they can up your game. And also some swag. If you want some swag, you know, maybe you'll avoid the Packers colors here. But uh, you can find it all at PXG Minneapolis in Southdale Center and find out more at pxg.com slash Minneapolis. All right, boys. Question number three here. What is your favorite thing about the Viking schedule? My favorite thing, and and it's not necessarily favorable to the team itself, but I just love it. I love the finish. Yeah, at Chicago, home to the Rams, at Lambeau on January second, which I think is just great, and and then home to the Bears. I mean, three of the four games against division foes, all against teams in your conference. Technically, you and the Rams might be vying for something here, which would be great. I think the finish is absolutely going to be, or it should be, hopefully, knock on wood. It should be great fun, and I love how it's just set up for that just last dash, which is going to be extremely difficult. Mm-hmm. Two things for me. Number one, even though the Vikings have um, the fifth hardest schedule based on opponents' winning percentage after this has been posted, um, there isn't a gauntlet. Last year, when you had to go to the Bucks and the Saints, and you basically ran to that buzzsaw and it destroyed your season, I know that Bears loss had a lot to do with it, too. I don't look at this schedule, and even though there's a four out of five road tilt in there, I don't look at, like, oh my God, there's a four to five game stretch where the Vikings are just going to be absolutely obliterated by opponents. They have some softies each built in to kind of break things up and make things easier. That's at least how I look at it. Second favorite thing, you're going to get three primetime games in like four weeks, and if that Vikings Rams game does get flexed in week 16. I believe it's four straight prime time football games. So not a lot of noon yeah. starts. I love that. I love prime time football. So those are my two favorite things. Yeah, prime time's great. I, I would say my favorite thing, I like the, 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 the closing stretch for sure, but my favorite thing is the fact that Seattle for once has to come to <laughs> Minnesota. I mean, how, actually, let's can we play that Thielen clip too? Because Thielen was on Vikings Entertainment Network. And uh, had the same thoughts. But, like, every year the Vikings have to travel all the way out west, get their asses kicked, you know, across two time zones, and then come back with their tail between their legs. But not this time around. I don't, I don't know what that feels like to play Seattle at home. Usually it's uh, every year it's uh, at Seattle Monday night football. So uh, that'll, be, uh, that'll be a little different, but I'm excited about it. Yeah. yeah, so I think he echoes everyone's same feeling. Is like are they, these two teams might as well just be division foes. They yes, play every year every based on the way do. the schedule is out. Yes, they do. So that all right. What is your your next question? Here, what is your least favorite thing about the Vikings schedule? This is very very simple for me. I hate three consecutive home games. It goes <laughs> Seattle, which is fine. That's fun. Cleveland, Detroit. When you play three consecutive home games, one, two consecutives, fine. Three is ridiculous. That is a long time, and it's going to catch up to you, and it does. Um, the Vikings, in, instead of, you know, I think there have been definitely years, Phil, where, where they've played two at home, and then they'll come back um, as the season progresses and play two more. This time it's all one one ones because of those three consecutive home games. I love how the schedule got spit out for the end, but that one, like, come on. three. No, you don't need that. And and as a fan, I also don't like it. Like, break it up. Mm-hmm. Don't I mean that's three of eight just gone. So it's kind of weird. I don't like yeah, it at all. Yeah, yeah. From multiple yeah, perspectives. For, for 
to just kind of piggyback on Judd's mine is just starting on back-to-back road games too. I don't like that. Mm-hmm. I would. I, I wish either you could open up the season at home or not have to like you have to basically wait three weeks to be at home, which is kind of a buzzkill. So it kind sure. of dovetails right into Judd's. I, I don't like having two straight games on the road, even if it yet a week one soft against Cincinnati. I don't like the two straight road games. So just doing a little figuring here. Just yeah, eight. Two. So, all right, there's a, there's a, this is going to sound a little worse than it is because there's a bye week in here, and I'm starting this stretch the Monday after their home game on Sunday, October 10th. Yep. But after those three straight home games, yes. between October 11th and December 9th, so between October 11th mm-hmm. and December 9th, they play two home games. Oof. Mm-hmm. That's pretty. Which is what I don't. It's pretty yeah. aggressive. So I think that is. I think so. I'll condense that even more. My least favorite part of the schedule is just the brutality of it after the bye week. Dallas at home, so you'll get two weeks to scout them. That's a prime time game, so at least you'll that'll be fun on Halloween night. But then the four road games in five weeks, and then you think, oh man. Oh, man, that was a rough stretch. Oh, by the way, in 72 hours, you have to play another game against Pittsburgh yes. in uh, in Week 14. And, and again, that should be a winnable game on paper, but those Thursday night games are weird, and you're coming off that brutal stretch. So can you get off to a fast start so that you don't have to win, like, 5 of 6 or 4 of 5 or whatever over that stretch to uh, just to make the playoffs. That, that's a pretty brutal stretch on paper that you pay for because of the the three straight home games. Yeah, that's what I'm early saying. Early on, right? Like why? Break them up. Yeah. Now, um, so are they doing? You know, there's seven, odd number of games, 17 games, and so this year is it that the the NFC teams nine, have the extra road nine game? nine road games? Yes, mm-hmm. correct. Okay, it'll so, flip in 2022. I mean, at least they did it that way, but it is it makes it tougher, and you're going to have stretches like this. So, all right, uh, fifth question here for you guys. Second half of the schedule. So let's just go post-bye week because it's kind of a centralized bye week. All right. Which Vikings opponent in the second half of the season are are we overestimating and underestimating? Because every year you look on paper and it's like, oh, the, you know, such and such team should be a pushover, and then they're not, and vice versa. So once you, I'll start with the, the game against the Cowboys going forward. What do you think? Overestimating underestimating? I think I'm probably overestimating Pittsburgh just because I can't get my head around that they might stink at some point in time. And every time I think, okay, Big Ben's cooked. They're going to be bad. They weirdly like will rebound or something, right? And in my in my time of following football, which starts around 1978, like Pittsburgh's ordinarily just damn good. So that Thursday night game probably scares me if I'm the Vikings more than it should. Because of the fact that I just I can't get it through my head that there should be a year here eventually where Pittsburgh just stinks, like they're just due for a year where they stink. Um, and then as far as underestimating, I'm going to go with the Bears because like I think the Bears should be if if um, the Packers don't have Rodgers back, I think the Bears should challenge the Vikings. But I'm also stuck with the fact of what Dak said, which is their head coach is sort of a buffoon at times. And and they have made some some really bad decisions with Ryan Pace as their GM. And I guess in the back of my head, I sort of dismiss them. And the Bears are weird. Ordinarily, if I dismiss them, they pop up. So I'll go Pittsburgh for overestimating the Chicago Bears for I'm probably underestimating them a little bit. Okay, Dex. Uh, yeah, don't overestimate the Bears, especially in Chicago. 
Uh, I'm, I'm kind of with Judd in that one as well. Don't or, overestimate them or underestimate. Don't underestimate them. Excuse You're me. saying we might yep. be underestimating them. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Don't don't under even though it's the Bears and you know they got a big win in Chicago last year, which is a very rare situation for them. Don't sleep on that. I'm concerned with the Ravens matchup, and I know the Ravens came down to earth a little bit uh, with Lamar Jackson. He he's kind of a, was on an MVP hangover from last year, but I think he bounces back, and I think that Ravens team is loaded and comes back with with a fire underneath their belly, they're and they're going to be ready to be a damn good team. Yep. Dude, I, I'm not, I know a lot of people would say, oh, yeah, it's probably going to be a tough road game. It's in Baltimore, but that can be a real, real tough game for the Vikings, and I'd be scared if I was a Vikings fan. Mm. Um, I actually have different answers. This is kind of crazy. We all have different Good. answers here. So I think, I think we're probably underestimating the Dallas game on Halloween night for two reasons. One, They've kind of just been an underachieving mess for 20 years. And we just, ah, it's just just more pomp and circumstance and just a 500 Dallas team that you're going to be able to beat at home. Plus, you got the week off to prepare two weeks for them if you want to. But Dak Prescott's going to be back. They do have weapons and uh, they've made a couple tweaks to their defense. So it kind of, and and I think think they brought in a new defensive coordinator to like, um, that team's going to be difficult to beat. I don't think that team is a Super Bowl contender, but we're kind of giving them a Vikings. We're just kind of going through the schedule, and we're hamming and hawing over some games, and we're all just like, yeah, they're going to beat Dallas out of the bye at home. So don't underestimate them. I think we might be overestimating San Francisco a little in Week 12. Now, San Francisco has a great roster, and I think they're very well coached, but is their quarterback situation really going to scare you that much in week 12, whether it's Jimmy Garoppolo or a young rookie Trey Lance? No, I just don't, I just don't know that they're going to have enough at quarterback for that to be like a, a a blow your doors off game, right? Like it's not going to be an easy game. It's going to be a grinder game, but I think we're all getting to that point in the schedule. And like, Oh man, that's a loss. Well, you can beat Jimmy G or a rookie, you know? So don't get your ass kicked. Right. Like on the line, it ain't going to be like that playoff game. Don't get your ass kicked. It won't be like that. I don't think it'll be like that. I got a gripe too. So I've got a schedule gripe that if I'm the Vikings, it's going to seem like a small thing, but I I think given the gauntlet of games, Phil, that you discussed, which is very tough. And by the way, there are some teams that are going to beat you up. Like there are some tough teams there as far as their ability um, to be physical. Here's my gripe: the Vikings have an October 24th bye. Okay. Let me go through the rest of the division and their bye weeks for, for teams. The Chicago Bears bye week is November 14th. The Detroit Lions bye week is November 7th. The Green Bay Packers have their bye on December 5th. I would love, if I'm the Vikings, I would love to have a back-end bye yeah, to break yeah. up what we're talking about. Like, I think the Vikings, buy, the Vikings bye comes and then they get thrown into a series of really tough games. I would prefer I prefer to start those tough games, get a reprieve, and then go back. Greeny this morning, uh, which you can find on Score North Radio, AM 1500, he was talking about how Lewis Riddick um, was making the fact of load management actually becoming a thing in the NFL because some teams don't have bye weeks until 13 and 14. Green Bay. Wow. And, that yeah. you can, and, like, and, Green, and as Greeny said, and I think a lot of people agree with this, that, look, load management is it's painful and it's, it's bad to watch as a fan, especially if you're attending a game. But in football... The grind of a football season, especially on short weeks, and you don't have a bye yeah. week till fourteen, a makes topic. a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. It does. It does. I think a lot of it depends too on what's your record. What are you fighting for? You know, if you're like if you're the best thing that could happen, I think, is for someone to because I don't think the Vikings are going to be flirting with like fourteen wins. I think they're a double digit win team. But 
is there a team that's just absolutely going to grab that buy, right? Like, is there are the are the Buccaneers sitting at like, you know, eleven and two or something, and you're three games back, but you're but you got the division in hand. It's it's you got to find a situation like that where you feel comfortable resting some starters, or do you stagger one here and there? Do you do you sit Daniel Hunter for a week and then you sit uh, Michael Pierce for a week and Harrison Smith and then like it's. It's tough. In basketball, you just kind of rip the bandit off because there's 82 games. All right, we're going to rest James Harden for a couple games and whatever. <laughs> right? Yeah, I feel like... In the ba- NFL, it's tough. There's not that many games. And I feel like basketball is full of a lot of really progressive minds, like really smart, up-to-date, right? Um, can you guys see Zim? Like, unless you've got oh, your playoff no. spot wrapped up. So if that's no. different. <laughs> but, like, can you guys see Spielman coming to Zim and saying, you know, Daniel's had a really long year and he's been really good, but I think for this game we should really either cut it back or rest him. Or like, even no more so, way Eric, he would Eric, do that. Eric Sugarman says, hey, uh, based on the data that we've tracked on Daniel Hunter's yeah. movement and sleep patterns yeah. at practice, Great point. it would be really, really advantageous to sit him for a week. Meg's going to be like, are you kidding me? We got the free, we're going to sit him? Yep. We got freaking Pitt, Pittsburgh on a short week and we're one game out of the playoffs right now? We got to go. Shanahan, you know what? In San Fran, he might be like, okay, cool. Yeah. So actually, now that I because I just threw out Pittsburgh, that would be the week that it makes sense to just rest guys sort of in in a chunk. If you're in a place to do so record wise, those Thursday night games are your opponents going to be beat up as well. Those Thursday night games are super random. I'm not. I don't think you sit your quarterback. I mean, if, if Kirk gets hurt organically, then you got to deal with it. But but I'm talking like guys in the trenches, guys who take guys who are. Tackling running backs, like right? Guys Pierce? with like extra, like a Pierce, yeah. Especially your linemen, hmm. or even like your your Harrison Smith, the way that he plays, right? So your first buy, your first buy, your only buy is week seven. Mm-hmm. Week fourteen is that Thursday Pittsburgh game coming off the four road games in five weeks. You're going to be traveled. You're going to be short week AFC team. So, you're it's right, an AFC team. Out of conference. So would that would that week oh. make sense to just load your injury list up and say, all right? Ten guys aren't playing. Let's just figure it out. If it was, if Zim wasn't your coach, I might say that that's tempting. Here's the other problem, though. So, if you do that, which by the way I sort of like, but if you do that, it's a Thursday night game. So guess who's going to call you? The league's going to call you and say, well, yeah, we but Kirk, can't, but we Kirk's can't still playing. You. Justin Jefferson's still playing. No, I know, but if you go, but if you don't go fully competitive, my point, my point is, I feel like in the NBA, there's a lot more get it people. In football, it's it's football. It's always rough, but yes, that, I get it. I, yes, your what you're saying makes sense to me. I think your comment back to the NFL would be, well, asses, right? You you jammed Thursday night football. And a seventeenth mm-hmm. game down our throats, yep. and we're human beings that need a minute sometimes to recover from a brutal sport. And you're right, Thursday so, night games. Thursday night games are just garbage. Like, just you can't recover that quickly. Yeah. Uh, one more, just bonus question on this schedule for you guys, just from a football-y, football fan perspective. Football. What single game are you most excited for on the Vikings schedule? I'm really excited. Like, I like this schedule. I think it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I think it's full of, uh, with the expectations that I have for this team. Because, guys, Actually, there are no excuses. I'm really excited for the schedule. Yeah, and before you answer that question, I have seen I have seen people in the local media at the leader, if you will, mocking the notion of getting excited about the schedule release. 
And you know what? Don't rain on our fun parade here, okay? Don't be <laughs> the fun police. You're going to use a different F word for a second. <laughs> Football is fun. The schedule coming out is fun. It's fun to look at the order of the opponents. If you're a diehard football fan and Vikings fan and you haven't seen a football game in like four months, it's fun when the schedule comes out. Yeah, of course so, it so is. You don't have to be too cool for school. Like, oh, what's, we already knew the opponents. And, uh, oh, now there's, now there's people putting out who had the advantage with the schedule release. We don't really know anything. Raining on our parade. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to get that out there. Okay. Fun police. It's football. We're having fun. Anyways. All right. So I'm what go- game are you looking forward to? So I'm going to pick a game outside of the division because those are, aside from Detroit, ordinarily fun. Uh, I am really looking forward to what I think is going to be a really interesting test November 28th in Santa Clara, California against Ooh. the San Francisco 49ers because that's a good team. That's a solid team. It's a road game. It's much like I said on our schedule release show last night, boys. This is another game where if you're serious, like if you're going to be as good as we think the Vikings can be or should be, this is a game that you go go in and you kick some ass and you win. Now, it's a tight win. I get that. But I am really looking forward to seeing how Zim matches up against a really solid offensive mind in Shanahan. Um, I agree with Phil. The quarterbacks don't necessarily scare me. I think San Francisco is good. But that's a great, in my opinion, potential road test for your team. And that should be two playoff teams going against each other. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. My choice. I love, I just, I, I'll be harping on it for, I think, for the next like six months because it's still not till December. But that Vikings Rams game is going to be awesome. When Sean McVay came here, I think in 2017, it was the number one offense versus Zim's number one defense. And, and Zimmer got the first, won that first battle. Then what they met up again, I believe, the next season, that was that epic showdown in L.A. on Thursday Night Football where there's just haymakers Kirk after was, haymakers. Kirk was great in that game and just got outgunned. He cooked. And he, yeah, he was awesome. Kirk was cooking. Was so cooking. I'm mm-hmm. excited for week three matchup, and actually you have a more competent quarterback in Matt Stafford if you're a Rams fan. So I'm excited for that one the most. Love it. I love Sunday Night Football. Yeah. It's just there's so, there's something about oh, the enough. just everything, everything to do with it just. We love Sunday night. We love Sunday football. football. He's Mike Tarico. He's not wearing a mask. (laughs) Uh, So Dallas, it's America's team. It's going to be hyped. (laughs) You're going to have Vikings, Cowboys, Sunday night football on Halloween night. Like everything about it. Halloween night, Sunday night football, just a repeat, ah. a repeat of the 2006 Monday night game, Halloween night, against Tom Brady and the Patriots. We're wearing football costumes, dressed up like a football now. Chris Just take Collinsworth. me to... <laughs> Chris Collinsworth is rolling in. Uh, so there it is, yeah. I got one question for you guys. Yeah. Sure. My question is this. Which of the quarterbacks that the Vikings are going to face at home do you think will be most flustered by the fact that there will be fans now? Because, I mean, we we talked about that last night. That made a tremendous difference for, well, veteran quarterbacks were drawing them off sides, and young guys didn't have to deal with screaming fans in that stadium. Because I will throw out two immediately that I think will be flustered. Baker Mayfield can be flustered. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and to Dex's point about the Rams game here in 2015, right, Dex? Um, Jared Goff can be flustered. Matthew Stafford 
handled the noise really well. Yeah. Jared Goff ain't going to handle that noise as well. And there's yeah, I think I think every quarterback is going to have, you know, just a much different feel than last year. So, you know, the the the, the fact that Rodgers and Matt Ryan were getting Vikings players to jump off sides in their own stadium is like, wow. You yeah, know, right. I just can't wrap your head around that, but um, may I also throw in Ben Roethlisberger? I think mm. if you're a if you're a big old immobile quarterback and you don't get the communication perfect at the line of scrimmage, yeah. there's going to be two or three times in that game where something breaks down and you can't get away from it, and there's just a free runner and you got to turtle into the fetal position. Like I could see that happening two or three times with Big Ben in that Thursday game too, if he's even playing by then. I think he might not be playing by then. Who's their backup? Is it Mason? Uh, Mason Storm, yeah, he's yeah, he's still there. Okay. Is Charlie the, Batch still there? I don't even know who the hell it could be. You know? Charlie Batch. No, it's it, it's <laughs> Mason. Um, yeah, it's the guy. It's the guy who Miles Garrett swung his. How old is Charlie Batch? Helmet at. He's he's got, got he's got to be forty seven. Yeah, he's got to be. In the, he played wow, for dude, a while. Forty six years old. He played until he was yeah, thirty eight. Lions quarterback and then until twenty twelve. Started played, two games that year. Charlie Batch. My God, did okay. Did Charlie Batch have the best in terms of like he made quite a bit of money relative to the average worker for 15 years, right? Mm-hmm. Didn't even really play. Right. Like, like, yeah. like I, I take that back. He did start 55 games, but most of them were in his first. Okay, this is great. I love that we're on a Charlie Batch formal <laughs> here. So Charlie Batch, his first few years in Detroit, mm-hmm. he made 25 34. So he made 46 starts in his first four years in Detroit. And then when he went to, so from 2002 for like 12 years in Pittsburgh, he made like 10 starts. So he made like one start it's per genius. year. Yeah. He's a genius. Backup quarterbacks are geniuses. Yeah, Sean Mannion back. didn't play and made money yeah. <laughs> for being good in the room, for basically telling Kirk, oh, Kirk, you're great. Um, Charlie Bad Mason Rudolph is the backup quarterback for the Steelers. Mason Mason Rudolph. Mason Storm. That's my guy. The backup guard center for the Vikings. I'm trying to to find career earnings for Charlie Batch without having to add it up here. Okay. Uh, How much money would you guess Charlie Batch made in his NFL career? 50 million. I'll go go slightly less. I'll go 35 million. Yeah, $24 million. Okay. He made $11 million in 2001. It's amazing. Well, he did start signing bonus. He started a season, right? Yeah, he was a second round pick. Yeah, a couple years. A couple yeah. years to start. Long list of great Detroit Lions quarterbacks. There is a long list. That's worth a deep dive at some point, probably. Oh my God. We should. Yeah. Once we get to like early July, when we're yeah. just like, there's like nothing to actually talk about, we'll just do deep dives on quarterbacks. Detroit Lions quarterbacks. They got Bears. So, all right. That's a wrap on today's episode of Purple Daily, presented in part by Federated, too. Federated Mutual Insurance Company, helping business owners with peace of mind and and helping take care of you and everyone that uh, you employ, too, with resources and risk management tricks and tips. You can find out more, and you can find out a full list of industries Federated protects at federatedinsurance.com. Remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours, just like it's Christian Derrissaw's business to, to protect Kirk Cousins now with this schedule out. So, all right, this is fun. Now we actually have something tangible to look at as we talk about the Vikings. Four question Friday comments from YouTube. So uh, a lot more to get to on Purple Daily this week. And I'll tell you, 
Um, I think I might still fill in for you on Sunday. Originally, Declan was going to be out of town, but now the Wild are playing a playoff game. But I have scheduled, because you and I were going to switch, I was going to do Ventline on Sunday night, and I have scheduled for Ventline a once formerly prominent Ventline caller who now has his own large platform to make a return to Ventline on Sunday night. Please do. So you'll have to find out on Viking Ventline Purple Daily on Sunday night. Thanks for hanging out with us today. We'll see you guys tomorrow.